Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Probably a lot of different deaths, a lot of violent deaths. It just seems like it's getting worse for everyone. He says, no, gotta go. He shoots himself with the same rifle that killed his stepdaughter. Well, that's a twist. Someone said, that's the room of death. My son whispered, he says, that's a bad guy. Would you say they're a threat? <sighs> Something wiped everybody out. You're mine. You can't escape. My name is Amy Allen. What's happening? I see dead people. It seems like a double. I speak to dead people. He's pissed off, and they speak to me. I felt real fear. But there's only one way to know if my findings are real. I think she's being murdered. I rely on my partner. I'm Steve DeShavi. I'm a retired New York City homicide detective. Serial killer pops in my head. And I know every person, every house has secrets. Nobody believes me. It's my job to reveal them. Do you think there's still bodies there? I do. But Steve and I never speak. We never communicate during an investigation. Until the very end. You got problems. I got news for you. When we uncover if it's safe for you to stay. This is our house, whether they like it or not. Or time to get out. This is their house, the house of the dead. I'm in Sumter, Oregon. It's a small mountain town about two hours from Boise, Idaho. Now, we got called in by a couple that live and work in a B&B in town. They want to turn the business over to their son, but the activity's gotten so violent and physical lately, they don't know what to do and they're worried. They sound scared and desperately want us to find a way to keep the B&B in the family. Before Amy arrives, I look for any leading information. Photographs, antiques, and personal items can influence her findings. So it's important I cover or remove them all. When I'm done, the location will be ready for tonight's walk. There is a lot of physical pain here. 
My whole head hurts a lot. And there's a lot of dead people here. They all died horribly, and I would say violently. Well, Bob, I'm glad to be here. Uh, this is a beautiful place, but you got a problem here. Yeah, we love the place. We've, we've had it for 17 years, and uh, we've always had little things happen, but it, it just seems like it's getting worse for our guests, for everyone. Now, Bob, as far as activity goes, what are we talking about? We hear noises that we can't explain. Things are moved. People feel sick. And, and now it's getting really physical. People are being touched. I'm just concerned, you know, because we, like I say, it's our home first. And you want to be happy in your home. And then when we have people come in, we want to feel that they are safe and secure here. What do you know about the history of the building itself? that it opened in May of 1900 as Sumter General Hospital. So this was a hospital? Mm-hmm. That was what it was built for. Okay. You're looking to retire and turn this over to your son, is that yeah, right? Yeah, that, that was the idea. <sighs> and he's got two little kids. I just, I want to make sure that, that they're safe when they're here. How attached are you to this place? I love it. I guess we just really thought, oh, that building just needs to be I need some love and attention. What the hell? There's uh, quite a few dead women here. They seem to be from a while ago. Maybe 1890 to like 1905. One of the ladies is the representative and head honcho of these other four women. I don't know why they got stuck here. They didn't die all at the same time. There's a man. Mm, He doesn't look good. He's a little old man. He's mean. He's ornery. He definitely can make physical contact with people. He's pinching and poking. I don't like him. Okay, what's going on in here? We keep hearing loud bangs, like an encyclopedia, a heavy book being dropped flat on a wooden floor. And we get up, we were in bed, we get up and we look all around, we don't see anything that made, that made a noise. What about guests? No, there were no guests. Well, this is a B&B. You sure nobody came in to try to get a room? There wasn't anything. I mean, we both looked. Right. Anything else in this room? Yes. One day, these doors were propped open like they are right now. Okay. I'm in the other room, hear a noise, come out here, and this picture is lying face down right here on the floor. But it, it would have had to come up and over and down. Okay, so when you, it was just a couple minutes before you saw the doors like this. Yes, yeah. And yeah. that picture was I on was the. was lying face down right there. Now, any guests? No guests. So nobody else was in the building? No one. I can't even figure out unless it fell and came through here, but even that's pushing it. I can't even figure out how to debunk that. Now, have any guests had issues with things moving on their own? A lot of guests have experienced that. Their glasses. Okay. Um, 
kick their shoes off here and find them over there the next morning. That's bizarre. The old man, he's tired of these women. He's trying to keep them out of the house, but it's not working. And I think he really hates the, the lead one. They've had fights, and it's affected their environment. Some objects moved or thrown, and like the electricity definitely was affected in those situations. You spoke with your wife. Mm-hmm. She was telling me about some of the things you got going on here. And it seems like you got a bit of a problem. The increased activity in the last couple of years, uh, especially in the last few months, is uh, uh, giving me some concern. Has it hurt business? In recent months, there have been three or four times where in room six, somebody has sensed that somebody had crawled into bed with them. And in one case, I had, uh, had a young lady up there who said the next morning that whatever it was was breathing in her ear. And it startled her, and she woke up, and she yelled. What if that had been somebody that had a bad ticker and was right. fairly old, you know? What kind of experience are you having in the house? Electrical problems drive me crazy. Uh, lights going on and off by themselves. Uh, timers going off. What about the wiring? Wiring's all brand new. You, have you seen anything else, heard anything else? Yeah. A friend of mine and I were here in the kitchen. And then looking up here, and I can only see a, from knees down, something or someone came down those stairs. There wasn't anybody in here. and. The back door was locked upstairs. Okay, so you guys go up there and check it out, though? Yep. <laughs> Nothing. There's nobody there. Amy, once in a while, I'll tell people, listen, you got a serious problem. It's going to get a lot worse. You need to get the hell out of here. Mm -hmm. But what would you think uh, if you heard that? Blood, sweat, and tears for 17 years have gone into this place. Right. Yeah, so it, it would be really hard to, to just walk away from it. Okay. Can the living see this angry man? Yes, and he looks creepy. His face is a horrible mess. It's like if he took ash and was trying to recreate his face. Uh, I feel dizzy. I don't feel good. He's hurting living people. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So Brian, I was talking to your mom and dad, and your mom was expressing concerns about your kids being here. You have the same concerns? I'm... My son comes here and he's seeing imaginary people. And he doesn't see them at my house. Even refers to them as the bad people. Putting him down for a nap. And he points over at the chair in the corner and in a very different voice, he says, that's a bad guy. Needless to say, it was just ominous. So what about you as far as experiences go? I have had one. I was in my room and the bed that I'm on started shaking. I actually thought, oh, earthquake. She jumped off the bed and looked, still shaking, and nothing else in the house was moving. Well, how big of a shake are we talking about? I was getting moved, so it was, it was like, you know, moving. That hard? Yeah, yeah. So I know your mom's got cats. I literally looked to see if there was like a cat that crawled up underneath, and there isn't even a space under there, so it's not possible. I don't want it around. I don't want my kids around it. I don't want to have to talk about that with them. I don't like it in here. These women come in here and they're all dressed in black. I don't like them back here. They're not the same as when they're downstairs. Ah, these women are creepy, man. This could be what the old man was talking about, because I thought he was being pretty mean. But I think him trying to get rid of these women might ultimately not be such a bad thing. He very much has the attitude of, this is my house, you know what I mean? And those gotta go. Carrie, I understand you're actually staying in the hotel tonight in this room. I am. Okay, is this the first time you're staying here? No, I have stayed here two other times. Uh, Carrie, have you had any experiences while you've been here? I've seen a woman about three times. First night I stayed here, I woke up and there was a woman. To me, she just looked like a black figure walking around. So fell back to sleep and I woke up to turn over on my bed and there was that same dark figure actually sitting on the side of this bed and looking into the mirror and brushing her hair. Were you boozing that night? Were you drinking? No. Okay, so you said you saw her three times. When was the third? The third was actually last night when I stayed in this room. 
last night. Yeah. I was looking up towards the wall, and next thing you know, there's a skeleton face. You're just frozen. You don't know what to say, or you can't scream, you can't do anything. Why do you come back? It brings up curiosity. You want to come here and see if anything's going to happen. I doubted anything was going to happen to me. They've been um, busted in this room, the ladies. Like somebody waking up in here and catching them doing to the, you know, person. Because I keep seeing this one thing over and over again, like them surrounding the bed with the people in it. And they would definitely have that feeling of like, uh, they couldn't move, they couldn't talk, they can't breathe. So it sounds like you're experiencing a lot. I mean, anything else happening? As soon as I got in this house, I just felt drained. I got like physically ill. Describe what you mean by ill. Like, you felt like you were just about ready to throw up. When I got into this room, I just felt tired. I felt like I had just been drugged. You can hardly breathe when you get into here. And the women are definitely feeding off of any living people around. They move through like in a pack and then they just kind of feed. They're definitely taking uh, energy away from living people. How would that affect the living? If the person woke up while the ladies were doing it, then they would feel like they couldn't move and stuff. But if they don't, then they would feel really awful. Would you say they're a threat? Mm-hmm. If you are exposed to this, Consistently, uh -huh. you'd probably have a heart attack or develop severe issues. This is a small town and only has a couple of hundred people living in it. So it didn't take me long to track down a local historian. She tells me that J.M. Bob's B&B has a long and dramatic history. So you had mentioned that the building I'm investigating that's now a B&B had a dramatic history. Yes, it has. And my client thinks it opened up as a hospital. Is that correct? Correct. J.B. Stoddard, there's a picture of him. He and his wife, Esther, bought the property in 1899, and then they built the hospital, and it opened in June of 1900. Okay. And it operated as a hospital until 1917. Now, do you know anything about this guy? He was definitely a very smart businessman. He was born in Utah. And he and his family were in the lumber industry there. And he came here, started the mill. Most of the buildings in Sumter were built with lumber from his mills. Now, did he own the hospital the entire time it was open? No, he sold out in 1903. He sold to a couple of the doctors who worked there. Okay. All right, now what eventually happened to him? He passed away in 1925. There's a copy of his death certificate. He died of dementia. He was 68. This grumpy old man confuses me. I think he owned this at one point. Do you get an age for him? He's, gosh, 
late 70s. Doesn't look like he died very well. Uh, skin and bone. Um, definitely mentally unsound. He's very frail. Maybe he has Alzheimer's or something. You blink, you go through this town. Why would they build a hospital here? At that time, this was quite a, quite a metropolis. There were about 4,500 people here. Really? Here's a picture that shows Sumter at its peak. Shows the wood streets, the Capitol Hotel. Then going up the street, that's the uh, school. Okay, this white building here? Right. Okay. And then next to it is what was the hospital at that time. We had all kinds of miners and then all the supporting industries that go along with that. Okay, now what kind of mines are we talking about? Gold mines. Gold? Yes. So there were cave-ins, um, crushing injuries, and those kinds of things where a hospital was definitely needed. Now, did the townspeople use the hospital as well? Yes, they did. There were people that had all kinds of injuries, burns from house fires, horseback injuries, flu epidemics, moms having babies. So that, that hospital covered everything? Absolutely. Oh, God, the head pain is ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous. Do you know what it's from? Uh, well, people being hit in the head. I don't know what's happening. There's been a lot of loss here, you know? Uh, women having miscarriages. Uh, what? There's a big old blood stain on the floor. Can't make it go away. How large is it? It's pretty Somebody bled out. Quite a lot of people, quite a lot of different deaths, a lot of violent deaths. Who the knows what happened there? But there's something there. There's someone like throwing up a lot, crying, and they're dying because they're sick. <sighs> you said the hospital closed down in 1917. Why? There was a fire in August of 1917 that destroyed nearly all of the business area in Sumter. Wow. I'd say 99.9% .9 of the businesses and quite a few residences were destroyed. And then this shows the destruction after the fire. Wow. Those were two of the bigger buildings in town and it just totally destroyed them. Did the B&B I'm investigating get hit? No, it didn't. It was right on the edge of the fire. Now, do we know how it started? It started at the Capitol Hotel and then it spread quickly because of the wood streets. Oh, jeez. People die in this fire? There is one article that speaks to the fact that two miners were killed. Okay, so the fire happens in 1917 and it stops being a hospital. So what happens after that? It became the Masonic Hall in 1918 until 1973. After the fire, the town never recovered. 
it's really strange because I, I see it more crowded. It looks different. Like I'm actually seeing uh, more of a town, I guess. Okay. There's like a wooden like sidewalk or something. Like they're just kind of showing me like things were good and then uh, a few things happened to stop that. What do you mean? Something wiped everybody out. So far, I've got a town that was nearly wiped out by a fire and a property that was once a hospital where countless people died. But I need to see if there's anything else. Searching through the archives, I discovered the hospital's first patient is a miner named Fred Kane. Turns out he went crazy and brutally murdered a four-year-old before turning the gun on himself. Obviously, I want to know more about this case. So I've called the local police chief and he agreed to look into it for me. Well, Chief Lona, thanks for meeting me. I appreciate that. Um, the Fred Kane murder case, you were able to look into it for me. What were you able to find out? Well, I found out that Fred Kane, he was a miner up in the Sumter area. He actually had went to that hospital that you're investigating back on June 12th of 1900. He was actually the first patient of the hospital after being kicked by a horse up at the Montezuma Mine. So this is before the murder? It is. A few months later, um, September 19th, up at the family cabin where Fred Kane lived with his wife, Naomi, and her four-year-old daughter, his stepdaughter, a young gal by the name of Ruth Tony. Fred, he took his Winchester rifle and left the residence. And when Fred came back into the cabin, he fired a round from his Winchester and that actually shot through Ruth and entered the body of, of Naomi at the time. The child is dead um, instantly by, um, by every report that we can find. Okay, what happens next? Fred picked up a club and he started beating Naomi with the club and then all of a sudden he stopped beating her and he looked at her and he said, you got blood on your dress. So this guy's a whack job. You know, Steve, there had been no indication of any mental illness with Fred Kane prior to this occurrence, but he obviously was suffering from some type of mental delusion at the time, if you believe Naomi's accounts. Now, what did she do? She told him that there had been another assailant in the residence that had shot her, and that's where the blood came from. And she said he, he just had ran out into the woods, and so Fred took off out the door. She then fled the cabin as soon as he was gone, and she went to a nearby cabin where she was located by two workers that had been in the area. He came back to the residence and saw Naomi was gone, saw the child lifeless on the floor, and he set the cabin on fire. And in the meantime, he takes off and runs to his brother's cabin, which is just a short distance away, lights it on fire, and the report indicates that he shoots himself with the same rifle that killed his stepdaughter. Jeez. He shoots himself in the chest, but he actually survives. He ultimately ended up at Sumter General Hospital just two hours later after Naomi had been admitted to the same hospital. Okay, so both of them wind up in the location I'm investigating, but when it was a hospital. Correct. Both with gunshot wounds. Fred ultimately died of his injuries on October 10th. Okay, now what happens to Naomi? She ultimately was released from the hospital, and um, she ended up up in Portland, where she actually died exactly six years to the date of the original shooting. She died on September 19th, 1906. She was 35 years old at the time. 
kind of the irony on this with the theory that Fred was insane at the time of the of the shooting right. is that she died by what the medical examiner's report of the death certificate states is a general collapse, the contributing factor being insanity. Are you kidding me? No. Well, that's a twist. There's a couple of the women who are extremely depressed. Like, if they were still alive, they would be suicidal. You know, that's how depressed they are. One of them lost her whole family, and she still feels that like it happened that day. She can't move beyond that loss. I encountered several dead people on my walk, but the woman surrounding a man asleep in his bed had me the most concerned. There's about five women who are at the foot of the bed staring at this man. And at the center is the dominant female. She has dark brown hair, dark brown eyes, and thin arched eyebrows. She has a high collared, black, very plain dress on. Is this what you saw? Yes, that's what I saw. Now that Amy and I have completed our investigations, we're ready to reveal our findings to each other and our clients for the first time. Amy, I'd like you to meet Bob and Jay. They were a married couple, and they live and run this place as a B&B for the last 17 years. They've always had activity, uh, but recently it's gotten out of control. They are looking to pass this on to their son, who has two beautiful children. Aww. The problem is they're really not sure if it's safe to keep this business in the family. Now, that Amy knows a little bit about what's going on here. She's going to tell us about her walk. This was a really difficult walk for me, feeling, you know, really physically ill. Actually, up there, top 10 worst. Um, there's a lot of sickness here. As soon as I got out of the car, it was like chaos ensued and a lot of, you know, dead people were freaking out. A lot of them that I encountered outside had died horribly. Necks were broken, heads were just bashed in, and the head and the neck pain that I felt out there from them continued all throughout the walk. And then I went upstairs and saw a lot of sickness. I saw a woman who had a miscarriage, a huge blood stain on the floor, and then another woman in one of the bedrooms who seemed to be very ill, uh, like sweat and vomiting and all of that. Well, you know, that's an easy one to answer. This building was built in 1900, but not as a bed and breakfast. It was built as a hospital. What? Yeah. Now, oh, my gosh. The oh. thing was, oh. it operated as a hospital from 1900 to 1917. Back in that time, there was 4,500 people lived here. Okay, okay. This was a mining town. When you talked about head injuries and all this other stuff, so these guys were killed by cave-ins, um, explosions. I got a stack of articles talking about all these injuries that happened here, and they were all brought to this hospital. Matter of fact, this was the hospital for the whole town. Oh. 
That makes sense. A mining town would explain probably the physical injuries. And this being used as a hospital explains the illness. So what else did you get? There were about five or six women. They kind of travel as a pack. They're definitely from around 1890, 1905. One of the women was all dressed in black and seemed to be mourning. Um, she definitely seems to be the leader of the group. They all died at different times from various illnesses. Does that make sense because the hospital was here? Well, now it does, yeah. Let me ask you a question about the women that are here. Do you think they could be seen? I definitely think that the main lady presents herself. Jay, tell her what you saw that day. Well, I was in the kitchen, and out of the corner of my eye, I glanced up here on that staircase, and something came down. And I could see its legs from maybe the knees down. What did the legs look like? Shadows. Mm-hmm. Okay. There were two women from this group that were extremely depressed. The living would probably feel this depression because it's so thick. One of the women lost her whole family at once, um, and she can't get over it. She seems hopeless and lost, crying all the time, suicidal, even though she's dead. She lost her entire family in one day? Yeah. Now, there's one woman that comes to mind that ended up here when it was a hospital that had a very traumatic experience. Uh, her name was Naomi Kane, and her husband, Fred Kane, was actually the first patient in this hospital when he got kicked by a horse. Now, on September 19th, that same year, Naomi was holding her four-year-old daughter from a previous marriage in her arms. Fred came into the house with a rifle and shot at them. Bullet went through the baby, killed her, and then went into Naomi. <sighs> Somehow she escapes and gets taken to the hospital here. Fred, in the meantime, lights the house that they lived in on fire then shoots himself, but he survived. Somebody found him and they brought him to this hospital as well. He wound up dying about three weeks later, six years to the day after the shooting. She dies at a young age of 35. The official cause of death on a death certificate says general collapse from insanity. How do you die from insanity? I think she committed suicide, to be honest. That's what I'm thinking too. Seems to fit. Do you have any sense that she may be one of those women? Yeah. Then I met this interesting character. He was in the back over here. It's their bedroom. He kind of was thrown attitude, definitely grumpy, kind of crotchety older man. He was probably in his 70s. He felt like this place belonged to him. So I was thinking he either owned it or he lived here. He definitely didn't have a good death. His face was not in good shape. And then he like runs up and he starts like pinching me and poking me. Bob, can you explain to Amy uh, what your son and your grandson experienced in one of the rooms? Yes, he was putting him down for a nap. And so he was lying on the bed with him and the grandson pointed at a chair and there wasn't anybody in the chair. But then he said, that's the bad guy. You mentioned you think he owned the place? Yeah. Well, the original owner was a guy, uh, James Stoddard, that um, had businesses in town with the lumber. He had this place for like three years, and he sold it to some doctors. He knew they needed a hospital here, and he built it. Well, you said the guy was in his 70s. This guy died at the age of 68. 
You mentioned he had a horrible death. This guy actually died from dementia. So more than likely, this is the guy, the same. Sounded like it. That sure seems sounds like, like, yeah, mischievous. Mischievous yeah. old codger. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me that this man is still here, as the dead often come back to the place which had the most meaning in their lives. There's a lot of stuff going on between him and the dead women. He does not like them at all. He said that this is his house and that those need to go. There's been about five or six times where him and the main lady got into a fight. And I saw, like, physical things happening around them because of this exchange. Specifically, I saw, like, electrical issues. And this is only when they're fighting. That explains a lot of things, right? Mm -hmm. yes. yes, it does. Upstairs, a TV going on and off by itself. Lights going on and off by themselves. There's nobody to turn it on. And does this happen often? Recently, yes. We really don't want anyone to just get frightened to, I mean, have a health issue because of... You got a legitimate issue here. Initially, I didn't like the older man. And then I went upstairs and saw the women up there, and it was a very different story. Are, are they different women, or...? No, it's the same women. Up there, what they were doing was taking the energy from the living. Yeah. And they just all stand around the bed and literally are just, like, almost breathing it in. The main woman does know what she's doing, and she's doing it to sustain herself. I spoke to one of your guests that was staying here that night. I was here, and she said she just felt like the whole energy just got sucked right out of her. We've had guests on more than one occasion that have sensed somebody sitting on the edge of the bed, crawling into bed with them. That's exactly what's going on. I did do a sketch of what people may encounter when they're in the bed. Yeah. That's really frightening. I mean, anybody that comes here, the kids, the grandkids. I don't want them to be afraid to go upstairs. I don't want to be afraid to go upstairs. You know, it would be nice if the family could continue to come here and live here and be happy and safe. Mm -hmm. For them to love this place as much as I do. Your son, Brian, told me a story about the bed. Mm -hmm. He was uh, awake in bed, and uh, all of a sudden the bed started to shake. OK. When he described it to me, I mean, it was shaking. That could be her. She's strong, and she can be very physical and very forceful. If somebody irks her, she definitely will let them know. But if you're exposed to that consistently over a long period of time, it could cause serious illnesses and heart issues and things like that. Wow. You know, you don't want to pass something like this on to your son and grandchildren. Mm -mm. No, I wouldn't do that now until this issue was resolved. 
How do we stop her? We want to put a stop to it. Well, guys, I know this has been a lot tonight, but at least you know what's going on. The big question is, can you stay here safely and pass it on to your family like you want to? Uh, for that answer, I'm going to turn it over to Amy. Okay. So, first off, there needs to be a pastor who's brought in, and this individual needs to do a blessing um, and needs to tell the women and the other lost souls to go. Uh, and this needs to be a direct order from him. It needs to be firm. What this will do is all of the women will leave and the older man will leave. The second thing is you need a person who is a Reiki master and does home cleansings. So that's a healer to come in and do a cleansing of the whole location. And that's gonna get rid of like all of the residual illness and trauma that's been kind of absorbed here. Now to get rid of all that stuff that's here with the hospital. Yeah. You look like you feel like. I am, I am so relieved. Are you gonna take Amy's advice? Yeah, oh, Absolutely. Yes, yes. It's going to make you feel good you can keep this place in the family now. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. It's a happy cry. It won't be easy removing the layers of dead inside this location. But with the help of a pastor and a Reiki master, the dead will be set free. And I believe Jay and Barb can pass down their bed and breakfast to future generations. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 